listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 92 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Uh, another crazy week on Hard Knocks and uh, joined back with Drew Dean. DFS Drew, what's good with you, homie? It's going well over here. I'm getting excited for uh, the NFL season. We're less than three weeks away, so uh, I'm getting excited about DFS, but also the season-long leagues. Oh, dude, like uh, the itches that, that I have, I, can't, I don't have enough hands to scratch them just for the amount of excitement I've had. So we, we've already wrapped up the Pro League draft. Um, I've got a couple more drafts coming up. I'm going to be doing the uh, Sleeper Wire Pro-Am over on Sleeper. So a uh, big shout-out uh, to those guys. And then um, I have a home league, uh, n- a new home league that I'm going to be in this year, just some guys that are around the way in uh, New Orleans. So that's going to be a 10-man. So it's going to be pretty interesting. And uh, then we got the uh, Roto Baller um, news desk league coming up in September. So I've got a, uh, I've got a lot. Of, I got more leagues than I expected to have this year. I'll be honest. I, I normally try to like stick around like at least you know five or so. So I'm up to around like eleven this year. So it's pretty nuts. <laughs> You're gonna be at that point where you have some uh, conflict of interest, where you have players starting for you, then it gets you in other leagues. Oh my god, yes, and that's when it gets yeah. like that's that's when it's almost just like gut cringing because like I know my Tuesday nights are going to be, like, booked at least an hour, like, before we do the shows. Like, I'm going to just be sitting on the waiver wire, like, in, like, frantic mode trying to get everything processed. So, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. So, I, But, I mean, I like to push myself to my limits. So, well, uh, I think we're going to be fine. I think I can handle it. That's the best way to do it. you got to push your limits while the football season's here. That's it. Speaking about pushing limits, let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive straight into Hard Knocks. Uh, just finished up this episode for this week. And I caught some pretty interesting stuff uh, while I was watching it. Uh, just notably starting out, like, you can't pass up Frank Caliendo coming in there doing the John Gruden impression. Uh, that was – I think that was, like – I don't know. Like, th- this year it seems like there's way more celebrities involved. We've, we've already had Guy Fieri, and then um, g was there. Select people know him, but everybody knows Frank Caliendo from Mad TV and the impersonations he used to do with John Gruden, so – uh, that, that just lets me know that John Gruden is like, is like comfortable, like with that. So that makes it even better to like, just, you know, basically mock him hundred percent of the time. <laughs> it, yeah. Do you think that's Gruden that's bringing these people in or do you think that's HBO or both? I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be HBO. I mean, they're trying to really drive up the entertainment factor. Um, because that's literally like the last thing I would have expected from John Gruden because he's like the type of, of coach that's going to be, you know, he's, he takes himself. I can't say he takes himself seriously, but he gets he gets a good laugh out of it. So I don't know. He could have called him up. 
But uh, I don't know if you stuck around to the end of the episode, he was doing some other impressions. His Charles Barkley is spot on, dude. Like spot on. Yeah, he's t- he's a talented guy for sure. It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, stupid talented. So it was hilarious to see him on. Um, and then kind of getting into the players, um, I know like I literally was watching. Uh, I, I thought when I looked up, I, I didn't really know the player. I'd never really seen him, but I know he was. I uh, found out he's the guy that everyone's talking about in uh, in Oakland this year for the at the tight end position, Darren Waller. So we got to kind of get a little bit of uh, insight on on who this guy is personally. And I had no idea that like he was uh, he was off on the on the cocaine. And he was uh, doing a lot of pills, and he went to rehab, and he came back, and uh, now he's rocking and rolling, and he's not mad about his Madden rating, so he's at peace with himself. He's got good chi, so because I know a lot of people are pissed off about Madden rankings all the time. It was funny how they brought him. I can't remember who was before him, but somebody was speaking about their Madden rating, and they were unhappy, and then they cut to him, and he's like Mr. Humble, you know, on the comeback story, and he's okay with being a 68 overall. So I thought that was cool. I'm a new fan for sure. I want to see him do well. Okay, so I was a fan of him. Um, And, I mean, that's great. And, I mean, like, trust me, I don't discredit any of that. Like, like, dude's amazing. It's awesome to see a story like that, you know. And, you know, there's – Reminds me a lot of like you know Josh Gordon's story, you know, then the struggles that he's going through with with shit, and it's also awesome to hear that uh, that he's back with the Patriots now. That that shakes things up in New England for sure, um, and I'll definitely talk a little bit about that. But but with uh, with Waller, man, he he doesn't know what Fight Club is, and <laughs> that's uh, that's pushing the buttons, man. That's pushing. So the dude's sitting over there just like. His name is Robert Paulson. He's just staring at him like, "What? What do you? What's? What are you talking about? Like, you okay?" He's like, "Maybe Fight Darren Club? Waller's kind of like me. I haven't seen Fight Club, so don't tell me this, Drew." <laughs> yeah, Dude, I still haven't seen it. You're about to get like like flood roasted by Garage Fam on Twitter now. Hey, everybody, everybody, just pressure all day tomorrow at Drew Dean. Just send Fight Club gifts at Drew Dean Fight Club gifts. We're gonna flood his inbox or his uh, his Twitter with with uh, Fight Club gifts. It's happening. His and, uh, name is Robert. I'll Paulson. watch it. You need. I'll to. watch it. Big time. Um, but yeah, that was just the first thing that that stuck out to me. And then moving into AB rolling in to the building, had the, all the paparazzi and everything. John Gruden like made the comment like, "I don't see why everybody's making a big deal about this." It's like, shut up. You know you're on camera. And you know how big of a deal it is. He's the number one wide receiver and the NFL's biggest drama queen. So it's uh, – I don't know what he expected. And now he's back with draw, and I'm sure we'll see more of that on next week's episode. But, you know, I don't, I don't know what people expect with this guy. Like, he, Yeah, jumping ahead a little bit, just a little bit to the episode, I, I thought it was funny when AB said, um, more work, less noise. And yet, he, everyone – Everyone knows what's going on. Everyone knows that this is all dramatic, and uh, I just thought that that quote was pretty too. funny. It's cheap. Yeah, it's like yeah, cheap it's, it's dramatics. It's like a red box film that nobody wanted to rent, but they did it. It was like Sharknado cheap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like just get out there and fucking play football, dude. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say with it. I mean, like, literally, like, people are tripping right now that drafted him and that have drafted him. I mean, there's people out there that are still going to draft him either way because it, he'll be on the field 
Like, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure everybody knows that he's going to play. Like, there's anybody that has speculation says he's not going to play. I think it's just he's doing this. He's, this is an act. That's all this is. This is it's act. making me really pull for Juju this year. I just want to see him kill it personally. Yeah. The one thing that that Antonio Brown added to the act that I thought was a million dollar idea was talking about it on Twitter. Um, he talked about uh, here have some drip drop on ice at the preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals. So now I'm just picturing every sports bar in Oakland. They're gonna have like little shut 2010 mini replica helmets with cups on the inside. They're gonna be serving drip drop on the rocks. And that's going to be like the official drink of it of the Oakland Raiders now. Drip drop on the rocks in a 2010 uh, mini helmet. That's a, sounds like some good marketing. Yeah, big time. So there's a lot of money on that. That's copyrighted trademark uh, garage guys and Tommy because uh, I hit Tommy <laughs> up because he's in Oakland. So Tommy from the two on one fantasy football podcast. Check that out. Um, but yeah, that and then what were some other crazy moments that I saw? Uh, Gruden kept uh, shitting on the backup quarterbacks and on Hunter Renfro's body. That's what I – Yeah, I was talking about Renfro. I was also going to mention the, the Luke Wilson guy, he, how bad he wants to be PFT commenter. Um, <laughs> yeah, he really wants to be that guy. Like, he, yeah, he's, he's living that life right now. Um, but, yeah, with Hunter Renfro, man, um, youngest old guy in the league. And they, they brought that to attention. On tonight's show, because I remember was that Derek Carr, that Derek Carr was going at him pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Derek Carr was going in on him, man. And then every, the whole team's going. He's the he's the joke this year of the team because of how horrible he sang. Um, and then they had like they brought the picture up of him that it, it like literally looked like Tom Brady did at his draft day. So there's like this little scraggly, scrawny picture of Hunter Renfro. It's like sitting up, and like, everybody's just like making it the butt of their jokes. So right, what do you think about the comparison uh, Edelman to Hunter Renfro or Renfro to Hunter oh, Edelman? I was watching it and I I was uh, sitting I was actually hanging out at Jordan's. We were watching it and I looked at him and I'm like, dude, this is like next Edelman right there, and he's like, no, nah, it's the next Wes Welker, and I'm like, same person, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but from there. I think I don't know what player said it, but he was like, he's like Edelman. And I was like, see, there you go. I was like, that's the comparison. Yeah, I mean, I feel it. Like, dude, when I saw him at the national championship game, like I, I was all over it. Like I have him, I own him in Dynasty. And if if for some reason Antonio Brown, you know, decided to sit the season, which is not gonna happen, but if he did, and Tyrell Williams becomes the wide receiver one on that team, Renfro's value goes up. And it goes up this year. Um, Who's the receiver three? If Brown and Williams are one and two, I honestly don't know. Is that Renfro or is that? It's him, man. It's 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 Hunter Renfro, starting slot receiver um, this year. But it's it's Antonio and Tyrell. But I mean, so yeah, we're we're still going to see some usage out of him. I hope so. I'm a, a big fan from watching him in college. So I'd like to see him get some action. And I don't know if it's year one or year two, but either way, I'd like to see him get in the mix he's got and i mean like dude but i'm saying like yeah it, we, we've been talking about it for a while like i mean it's just depending on the system that he's in which i feel like he's he's gonna do decent here i mean he's gonna have a lot of a lot of potential targets just because of the defense all over antonio and then but that i mean tyrell is going to be coming right behind him so it's it's just hard to kind of value him but i mean he's 
you know, he's he's a crap Gruden shot, likes but James. Yeah, yeah. And he's it's young weird. Boy. Have you noticed that Gruden has favorites? Have you noticed that? Oh, it dude, seems yeah. like Gruden's like he's very favorite. 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 Yeah. Like he and he'll let you know it too. Like he don't like you. He's, just, he's gonna rub that shit in your face. That's just how he rolls, man. That's just how he rolls. But after after the the little Hunter Info deal or whatever, um, they were when they were kind of going towards the end of the show. I want to say it was uh what was it? Mike Glennon, he threw the big pass and like Derek Carr was talking to Glennon and he was just kind of like half-assed enthusiastic about it. He was like, Hey Glennon, let's, let's go, man. You did it. Like, just like, he wasn't like super hyped. So I don't think that Derek Carr likes Mike Glennon. And then Antonio Brown was super ambitious by making the comment um, that we're, we need to go to the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> yeah, get the trophy, man. Get the trophy, especially like, for somebody that's barely practiced. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's somebody that's still not there that filed another grievance, and you know, I, it's just, I don't know, it's too much. And I mean, I just, I hate even going back to it now, just because it's like uh, we're over it. Like we're over it. Like football starts like in literally like two weeks. Like we're over it. Like it's it's time to just, just let it go, let the damn helmet thing go. Play. Try to fight it while you're playing. I don't know. Do something. But that was basically it. Was yeah, basically I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was uh, better than – I don't know. Gruden's carrying the show, in my opinion. If it wasn't for him, the show would be struggling. Um, I think the rest of it, the, the A-B stuff's dragging out. Me and you have already texted about it. It's, it's not interesting to us because we've already got the headlines, and then it's just – Maybe HBO is telling Antonio Brown to do this because of how bad Derek Carr is on camera. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe this isn't Antonio at all. Maybe this is just like, okay, this team's not that exciting. We've got John. <laughs> hey, there was one scene where he was like looking at his feet after training, and he, was, he seemed genuine. It seemed like he was ready for just to play football. And that's what throws me off is he literally is maybe he's, you know, maybe he's delusional and, and he no, really he, does he want shows, to play football. He shows big signs of bipolar disorder in all seriousness. It must be because the headlines and everything you hear about him being a diva and doesn't make sense compared to some of the scenes we saw tonight where he looks like he really does care about his teammates and just wants to play football. So yeah, so I mean, it's that that's the Antonio Brown we need. I mean, like, that's the Antonio Brown we're gonna get. Like I said, I, I genuinely feel like this is just all for show. He'll be on the field, he'll be playing. Don't worry if you drafted him on your team, like, it's okay. I saw this one tweet that it was hilarious with dude had an ice cream cone, he was like making it on the cold stone, and the dude was like trying to grab it. And he was just like, Oh, oh, nope, can't have it. So it was like the new age uh, State Farm fishing commercial. They're going to feature um, somebody, somebody new in those commercials going forward. They're going to get A-B on those. Yeah. State Farm. It's like, oh, you <laughs> drafted me, but <laughs> I have it. It's, like, doing it. it's just like, I don't know. I'm over it. Like, but going from, from hard knocks and, and controversies amongst team, uh, Jerry Jones pulled a, an all-time trickery move on Tuesday uh, by coming out and saying that a player will be, have a contract extension. And essentially everybody is like, here we go. Zeke Elliott. He's about to get his contract. Nope. 
wasn't Zeke at all. It was Jalen Smith got the extension. Uh, linebacker. And I mean, kudos for him. Like, I mean, that dude's played his ass off. I mean, from the injury that he suffered and then coming back into the league, like more power to the guy. And I'm happy that he got that, but it's like, Jerry knows what he's doing. Like he could have just came out. Yeah, it's not a small contract either. It's like what? $65 million and like 30 of it's guaranteed. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big a, contract. It's a good size. And I mean, but he deserves it. I mean, this dude has busted his ass and I love that Cowboys defense. Um, especially going for the first couple of weeks of the season. It's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. It's going to be intense. Uh, but, but yeah, with that, uh, the big question now is, is still um, this, this Tony, uh, Tony Pollard guy. Is, uh, is he worth a pickup late in your drafts just because of the speculation that Zeke's not going to come back? Because Jerry Jones is already saying Zeke who after, uh, after the game he had in his second preseason outing. Yeah, uh, Jerry Jones came out and said he was obviously joking about that, but didn't mean anything by it. But of course, it's bullshit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's a storyline. Everything's a storyline right now with um, free agency and um, off season and training camp and all that. So, um, I think Pollard is worth a stab in late rounds. Maybe I don't know if you feel that way, but he's a rookie out of Memphis. Got some talent. He's better than some of the guys they've had there in prior years. I think they've had Alfred Morris and some other guys. But what do you think? For me, I mean, it, it depends on how late. Like, if you're if we're talking like you know sixteen rounds, and you're like around like I don't know twelve, thirteen, you want to take that dart throw, and and then he's not off the board and go for it. Other than that, the only way that I'm drafting him is if I'm drafting Zeke. Yeah, I think you draft him as a handcuff, like you said. Mm-hmm. That's not, it. Just if you have like the thirteenth round pick and you don't see anybody that catches your attention, and you already have Zeke on your roster, then go ahead and go ahead and grab him. See, for me, if you have Zeke on your roster, I might reach for him a little bit early. I might reach for him maybe around like ten. If I draft Zeke, I might look at him around yeah. like nine or ten, uh, just depending on what talents there on the board. Like if there's nobody there that I really you know care for or like, and he's around that the vicinity, I'm going to go him. Um, just because of Zeke only. But that's the only way that I'm going to draft him. If I end up taking Zeke, like if he falls to me really late, then, you know, I'll, I'll wrap him up. But the next couple of drafts I have, I draft pretty early, so I'm not really even going to have a need. So I'm pretty pretty set there. I think there's only one that I have that the draft order isn't determined. So, <laughs> And that one all if, – if I get a late one, then I'll, I'll consider it. So – other than Cowboys news, moving on from that, nothing's really changed. Um, the Josh Gordon news. So, we talked a little bit about it briefly, comparing him to the Darren Waller story. Josh Gordon is going to be a Patriot again. I know you're excited, Drew, because you get you get this guy back in in action. And but the hope is is that you get him back for an entire season and that he can stay clean. And from what I've heard, um, and I, I'll, I'll say this, I am a I'm a Josh Gordon fan, which makes me a low-key Patriots fan because I want to see the guy succeed. Um, mm-hmm. Just After his 2014 season with Cleveland Browns and doing the things that he did under the influence of alcohol and drugs is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, right. you can't make that shit up. That season was outstanding. And – so now lately, like the, the news was earlier in the year that he had been staying with Tom Brady at his house. And, uh, and that gave me a newfound respect for Tom Brady because that's just like, this dude really cares about this guy's mental health 
and wants to help him and wants him to play on this team with them. And so that, to me, automatically just says, like, Josh Gordon's home was in New England all along. Mm-hmm. He belongs on that team. So I'm super hyped to see him come back in. Um, he's definitely somebody you can look at on your draft radar because this is going to, to change some things, the wide receiver position. Yeah, I got some pretty strong takes here. So I'm going to give you the board first before I go into my rant. But where do you see, just before I start, um, where do you feel comfortable drafting Gordon? So I was in a mock draft recently. Um, I think he went at uh, six twelve, And a couple other ones that I've been doing, I think I got him in one. I got him around uh, seven. And that was, that was like – just after the news had dropped, really, because I was doing a draft, like a mock draft, like that evening. And I pulled him there at seven. But now that the news has worked its way around, you know, the NFL, everybody's kind of setting in around that sixth, seventh, eighth area. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's mainly where it's at. But six at the earliest is where I feel comfortable taking him. Yeah, and especially if that's – if you think he's going play the whole season um, – Six is definitely justified, but I think this my, – my strong take that I mentioned earlier is that I think this actually helps Edelman. I think that Edelman thrives when he's either the 1A or 1B or it's interchangeable. And, you know, going into the season, it seemed like he was the clear favorite without Gronk there. And I think this actually kind of opens up the field more for him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the attention that Gordon will, will drive in defenses. And this obviously affects Nikhil Harry. Um, I don't know if he'll be as productive now. So his ADP should begin to drop a little bit. Um, go back more towards uh, – I mean, he'll still be – he'll still be like, you know, in that, you know, five through ten area. But he's going to have to drop a little bit. Would you agree? It's a tough one. Um, I, I tend to agree with you, but also the the Patriots have a lot of three receiver sets on the field, and that means most likely that he might get a little bit more favorable cornerback matchup. So I did see some interesting stats on when Gordon is playing, McDaniels actually calls more passing plays. So the Patriots in general are a pretty run-heavy team despite having Tom Brady, but um, just in, it's a it's an interesting situation to monitor. I would tell people that Edelman's still still the guy to have, but if you know if Harry draws, if Harry's still on the field a lot and is drawing a, a worse cornerback, then it might work out in his favor. The concern with Harry is if he messes up, they're going to bring in somebody else. True, and that, the next person really on the block is for that is Philip Dorsett. So. Right. And I don't think anybody's thrilled about Philip Dorsett, but he's the kind of guy that people – he's the kind of guy, he's a coach's player. He's your right? dumpster He's your dumpster draft pickups. That's right. what he is. Yep. That's, that's – there's nothing more to say there. But uh, and before we get off the Patriots, though, I mean, how, how much – do you think that this affects Sony Michelle at all? Like, he's going around the fourth round right now. I mean, do you – No. I, I think this only impacts the – Wide potential play calling yeah. and then the receivers yeah yeah because they're talking about him being a lot more aggressive in the passing game and you wonder if that's just because of the lack of talent at wide receiver now that they got josh back they might not have to rely on him as much in the passing game and so that's kind of like where i'm at with it yeah it's interesting to see what happens there i think the 
a lot of those Gronk receptions will start being dispersed amongst Harry, Gordon, Edelman. But they got to. They got to. Yep. Some uh, some last little news before we get into uh, uh, an announcement we have. Uh, preseason, some two things that we kind of noticed from the preseason. One, uh, Jimmy G did not look that hot at all um, in this past preseason game. And then Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders is actually looking better than a lot of people thought. So just going right into it. And we know the Southern Miss fan, uh, Nick Mullins guy. I wasn't even going to say anything, but you just led me into it. So There you go. This excites you. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. I'm also a Patriots fan, so I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo succeed. Um, I'm just weird about he, – he's looked weird to me in that system um, last weird year. Weird with a different year. uniform on. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. But he just doesn't look the same. He When he first got traded to the 49ers, he won four straight games. The dude went off. And since then – he hasn't looked the same, and it's just preseason, right, Chase? We don't want to overreact. That that's 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 where I'm at with it. Is this is preseason football? He played what two drives? So yeah, two or three drives, and then Sanders though I think is a, a worthy reaction. I'll let you take that one. Yeah, man, Emmanuel looked like incredibly explosive um, in that game, and, and it wasn't something I was expecting, just because like everybody's been so high up on the Cortland Sutton train and the Deshaun Hamilton. And so to see him come out like that obviously gives back that little glimpse of hope that, hey, maybe we were wrong. Maybe we should still be taking Emmanuel. But I think everybody just got so hooked on the, uh, the, the combination of Flacco and Sutton because they just kind of they mixed pretty well just because of like Sutton's style of, of play and, and how Flacco likes to throw the ball deep down the field. Um, but with him back and with him looking the way he is, and as long as he can stay healthy, man, that definitely increases ADP a little bit. I, I don't say by much, but it definitely makes him possibly a little more appealing than Cortland Sutton just because of, you know, how long he's been playing in the league. Right. That's the offensive situation that we want to monitor just because it's, you know, we're not expecting Broncos to be a top offense in the league, but it's something we Joe can Flacco watch. Joe Flacco is going to be better than <laughs> we gotta get our bet going yeah our bet's still out there that's that's in motion it's It's in motion motion. it's happening right now but it's preseason so we can't trip about it that's right right so big announcement that we have uh last year we did the garage guys fantasy sports hotline where you can call in and ask fantasy football questions or any question you want to ask really it doesn't really matter whether it's uh life topic or sports topic it'll end up either on garage talk or uh when we're talking covering fantasy sports on the show but uh we have opened the phone lines back up the number to call is 929-430-GGFS and for those of you that aren't good with letters that's 4437 so you can call that number anytime leave a voicemail and we will play it on the podcast uh typically we want you to put those calls in Mondays and Tuesdays. So put that down on your calendar and make sure you're calling in, asking questions. We want to help you win your leagues. Um, so let's go ahead and, and roll with our first caller uh, that we've had for the 2019 season. So I just announced it on Tuesday, and we've already got a voicemail that rolled in. 
So we're going to go ahead and play that. And this one is from our guy Hunter in Mobile, Alabama, who is a garage fam. So let's check out and see what he's got to say. What's up, guys? Hunter from Mobile, Alabama. Got a quick question about the Saints. Not really fantasy football-related, but more just NFL-related. What are your guys' thoughts on Taysom Hill? He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. People call him the Swiss Army Knife. He's obviously a great athlete, really good football player. But when you have one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees, do you think that bringing him in slows down the rhythm of the offense or brings an extra element that defensive has to prepare for? Um, just kind of wanting to hear your thoughts on that. And secondly, I want to hear you guys in sleeper picks of the year. I think we all know the heavy hitters of who could potentially make a Super Bowl run, but who's a team that's flying under the radar that can really make a push at the end of the season? Appreciate it, guys. Love the show. Uh, good luck. Thanks for the call, Hunter. Um, matter of fact, I've been, I've been very uh, vocal about how I feel about Taysom Hill after this last game that we saw with Teddy Bridgewater. But uh, in, in short, I will say that I think that Taysom Hill can help the team just because it's constantly, like you said, keeping the defenses on their toes. When Taysom's in, you don't know if it's actually going to be a pass play or if he's going to run because he can do both. Now, his passing can use a little bit of work. I'll give you that. But after the performance that I saw against the Chargers um, on Sunday with Teddy Bridgewater, even though he was quote-unquote sick, um, he's still got to be able to perform better than that. And Taysom rolls in with the two touchdowns to save the game. Um, and then he also had 53 rushing yards in that he, he is versatile as fuck. I think Sean Payton uh, refers to him as like – or compares him to Steve Young which is uh, maybe a slight, slightly ambitious. But <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh. <laughs> he's still, I still think that he's a, he's a great um, option for sure for, for the team. And, and I don't see a problem with him continuing to stay on the field and, uh, and switch things up a bit from time to time. I'm a little bit on the other side. Not, I mean, I have no problem making him QB2 over Bridgewater, but – I'm very pro keeping Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, on the field. And sometimes the Saints have a tendency to get a little too cute, in my opinion, with their packages of who they're playing. Um, I'd rather them keep the the best players on the field. But um, I do have one topic, Chase, that I want to bring up, and this is to Chase and Hunter, who called in. Um, I think he's a free agent in 2020, and I'm curious to see what kind of market there is for him. If he If they keep using him extensively – they might get a situation where they have to either let him walk away or they have to pay him. I think if anybody needs to walk away from the Saints right now, it's Teddy Bridgewater. I just don't like the way he fits into the scheme. Like, and I get that he had a great first preseason game, but just it's those types of things like with him and the, when, when it's like he, he makes more mistakes than he does good. And I feel like Taysom's got a lot more upside because all he really has to do is just get a little bit better at that passing game, but he and he's got the legs, and Teddy really doesn't have that. So I like the I like the dual threat quarterbacks. I'm all aboard. Do you think they would commit to him long term, like a, an extension? If he can get his passing game up, if he can if he can show that he can get his accuracy where it needs to be, they they should have no problem making him the QB two and giving him that and letting Teddy walk. 
Gotcha. So I think we're pretty firm there for Hunter. It's uh, you are all all about using him in the offense, and I'm more of the I'm more of the approach of using him as QB two, but not in the actual normal offense. And the reason it doesn't really matter is because nobody's really drafting Drew Brees super early, even though I feel like he's going to have a better year this year. Um, a lot of people are treating him, you know, as a low end QB one, and that's fair. I just think that we're going to see. It's it's just going to be a complete change in offensive scheme. I think there's going to be a lot more passing this year than uh, than people are projecting. I mean, I know they got Latavius Murray in there and everything, but I feel like it's just going to be a it's going to be a constant gun show with Drew Brees this year. I think that passing game is really going to take a spike. So, and I mean that's even out of the backfield too. So that's that's how I feel about it. I don't think you have anything to worry with, and Taysom makes it interesting. But to answer the last part of your question, Hunter, when it comes down to what teams uh, that we think are going to be sleepers this year as far as uh, who's going to be the ones to sneak up and, uh, and do some damage, I got one that's already in my back pocket and definitely going to talk about it. Um, and we'll talk about this on uh, a little special that we're going to do uh, for this week and next week. We're going to be talking about the NFL win total predictions. And uh, to go ahead and kick it off, uh, since the team that I think is going to be uh, a, a, a sleeper, we're going to do it with the AFC. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that your team that you think is going to be a, a one to watch is in the AFC as well, Drew. That's right. I'll let you kick it off and I'll go into mine. All right. So this played out perfectly, Hunter. You call on the right night. All right. Or the right day. Right day. So, hands down, the New York Jets. And everybody that's out there is saying, but it's the Jets, just endure the suffering. This, there, there is a new wave of energy on that team. It's Adam Gase's cocaine addiction mixed with Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> um, he does do the, the nose salts things. I don't know if you've seen that. I, I have no clue what the fuck that was, but I just see him on the side of the on the sideline in the first preseason game, just like he was yeah. just like gunning up on it. So yeah, he's definitely got an upper addiction. So that already brings energy, and then Le'Veon Bell brings a whole new energy to a team. Um, I don't care what people are saying about it, still the Jets. When you look at this schedule that they have, you realize just how cake of a season they're going to have. Now they got a couple of teams in there that that are going to be difficult to get through. But the majority of these teams, it, it, this is going to be a cakewalk. <laughs> First week uh, of the season, they got the Bills, which is an automatic dub. Um, the only tough games that I see that they have this year, and th- this is going to be a new one, the Browns will be a tough game. And then they got the Patriots following right after the Browns. And then they have the Eagles, which is kind of a toss-up, but I think they can take the Eagles. So Browns and Patriots, I think that's two teams right off the bat that I think are, they're going to have a little trouble with. So people are going to see them win the one game like they did last year, and then they're going to come back and they're going to be like, oh, they suck. But then they're going to bounce back um, after a couple more weeks. They got the Cowboys. That's going to be difficult with that defense they have. And then they got the Patriots again. So it's going to be a rough couple of weeks. But once those weeks are over in the beginning of the season, they go to play the Jaguars. And just based off of what the Jags did last year, I think that they're going to be able to take them on. And then from there, it's Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Bills. 
they're going to finish out that season strong. Their win uh, total prediction for this year is seven and a half. They're easily are going to win more than eight games. It might not be by a lot, but they'll win more than eight games. I'm going I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think the Jets are – and they're in the, the Patriots division, and I understand that. Um, I think that one of the two of the Bills or Jets will break out, both under second-year QBs. I think the Dolphins are going to struggle. I don't think that's any kind of a hot take or anything. I think the Dolphins will struggle. But the I'm kind of buying into the to the hype with the Jets. I think Le'Veon Bell will help. I think Sam Darnold will take another step. A lot of the hype's on Baker Mayfield right now with all the headlines and the Browns' talent on that roster. So I'm kind of buying into the – the Jets hype. So I kind of, I'm with you on, on, on this argument. And I think that they're a valid sleeper to go over their seven and a half win total. And I'd feel, I'd feel comfortable betting the over on that. So we're, we match on that one. We think alike. Probably for one of very few times on this, right? <laughs> yeah. Tonight. for sure. <laughs> so Hunter switching over to my sleeper pick for the year, not necessarily somebody that I'm hyping up for the super bowl. Um, which your call mentioned a Super Bowl favorite or Super Bowl sleeper, but someone I think that can make some noise relative to their their win total. Vegas has the over under set for the Jacksonville Jaguars seven and a half. I think that's a good a good position to take the over, um, mainly because you know last year their defense kind of had a down year, but overall I'm kind of expecting a a bounce back. And with the with the change at QB. I think we'll see some new things on the offense, and it's something I'm comfortable taking the over. What do you think, Chase? I'm not feeling it. Um, I know it's Nick Foles and everything. That's great. But we don't know yet whether we're going to get Big Nick Nick or we're going to get Napoleon Dynamite Nick. So that's, that's where I'm at on that. Like, we've seen the playoff shit happen, <laughs> you know, for him. And then we know if, and then we know if the Jags get to the playoffs, everything's going to be fine. But that's a long road ahead. That's a pretty tough schedule. I'm going under on this. And I know that the, you've talked about the wide receiver talent before um, that they do have there. We never have really got to see that because it's kind of untapped territory. But still, that defense is what worries me. For them to take such a huge step back like they took last year, to let the Titans beat you, piss-stump you. Like even like Derrick Henry, piss-stumped all over that team and that defense. So my main thing with that is, is that their star defensive player um, he needs to start using that loud mouth of his to fuel and motivate the defense rather than suck his own cock. So that's where, <laughs> that's where I'm at with that. I'm taking the under on the Jags. That sounds like a good, um, a good one for us to be different on seven and a half. So I'm, I'm at eight or nine wins that you're at five or six wins, right? So we're, yeah. we're different there. You want to get back to the AFC East? Yeah, let's kick this out. Um, so just going through, like, we're going to run through some of these teams. Um, we've already, I've already given my takes for the Jets. Um, you picked the over as well with me there. So moving right along into the Patriots, um, they're at 11 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and say over on that. I think that they can, they can rub out 12. Um, I, I like what they got there with Josh Gordon coming back, uh, potentially. I mean, as long as he can remain in the game throughout the entire season, um, I don't think they're going to have an issue hitting that 12 mark. I think they could be really, really, uh, fierce this year. Tom Brady's not getting any younger, and he wants to, to beat Kranos. 
or Thanos, whatever his name is. You you like the Marvel movies, you know. <laughs> um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're the one going over here. And I'm the one going under. I just I don't know. I feel like they'll go ten and six or uh, I don't I mean, know eleven and five. But they're, they'll be they'll be in the Super Bowl again. So. Yeah, I think. Oh, you th- oh you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I mean, know. And, I just I just feel like they're not gonna. And I will go say, ahead. backtracking on what I said, like like you had mentioned, you know, you don't think a Super Bowl runs coming from the Jaguars, which absolutely not. Um, in my opinion, but uh, with the Jets, I, I think that they could be a wild card in the playoffs. Um, from there, I don't really know, but that's where I stand on that. That's just for Hunter. Just don't want you to think I'm saying it. Jets to the Super Bowl. Like I'm not, I'm not there yet. But the pro- the problem is those other divisions, right? I mean, you got like the the Steelers, Browns. Yeah, the there's so teams. much. There's a lot of talent, and uh, I mean, there's not as much talent in the NFC as there is in the AFC. Uh, I might be a little biased there, but. Um, there's still some really good teams that you're going to have to go through. And uh, I don't think the Jets are quite there yet, but I think that they can get to a wild card round. Um, moving up, though, to the Dolphins. So I actually like this four and a half. I'm going over on the Dolphins. I think they can at least rub out like six games with, with Fitz Magic, sprinkling a little bit of that fairy dust everywhere. And This, uh, is, this is a strong under for me. So we're different twice now. Uh, I, 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 just don't. The roster looks awful. The complete roster looks awful. I don't believe in the Kenny Fitz Stills and Devontae I, Parker. Yeah, yeah, such strong, a sexy uh, couple there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and first year head coach that's a part of the Belichick tree, which has never succeeded. So mm-hmm. I'll um I'll pass. All right, and Bills uh, at seven and a half. I'm gonna go under there. Just because I feel like they they still got a little bit of work to do. Their number one rusher on their team is uh is the quarterback as of right now. So. <laughs> this is the toughest one to me. I see them right at that eight win mark, um, seven or eight wins. I'm gonna go under, but this is a close one. The talent's increasing on the defensive end. Josh Allen second year. Um, I think me and you both agreed on the receiver episode that the receiver talent's stronger there. With, yeah, um, for sure. Brown. John, John Brown there. I, I really like John Brown. I think he's going to be a decent uh, late-round pickup. But that's not going to translate into them getting over eight wins. Yeah, this is a under if I had to pick, but one I would stay away from if I was betting. Facts, facts. All right, so let's go into your uh, your your pick, your, your, your sleeper pick with the Jags into this division. So – Kicking it off uh, with the Titans, they're at seven and a half. That's a hard under for me. Hard under? That's a hard under for me. This division's tough because they're so, so strong. Um, man, that's right at that mark, too. I think they're a seven and nine, eight and eight team. I'd probably advise staying away, but I'll go under with you. I think that basically we've seen what the Titans are at this point. And they're just overpaying Patriots players, bringing in Deion Lewis, uh, Malcolm Butler. I don't see them winning more than seven or eight games. So moving to the Colts, um, and and just to let everybody know, um, the projected win total is 10. We're going to go ahead and rank this um, basically with, let's say, Andrew Luck is healthy, plays through. That's what we're doing this on. Um, I'm going to say that – that is a hard under for me. They have a pretty tough schedule going through the season. And it's just with uh, 
I mean, they, they're gonna they're gonna do well, but I don't think that they're gonna get to ten. I think that they're maybe be around like eight, nine wins. I'm not gonna sit here and say ten though. I'm not taking I'm not taking the over on that. I'm gonna take the over here, just um, with at the assumption that Andrew Luck's playing. I like the team. I like the second year coach. I think the the roster is strong. Uh, I think Jack DeWill being back only helps them. I know Eric Ebron's the. I think that hurts. I think that really? hurts. They're gonna yeah. play both. Don't I mean don't uh, the way I look at it is like yeah I know that like in PPR Ebron might not have been like the best but I mean I know he got most of his fantasy production from touchdowns but if it's not broke don't fix it. And if they so you bring think in that he's the clear. Tight yeah, he's he's. Uh, I think that Jack Doyle should be, yeah, behind um, Eric Braun, no doubt. I don't think that they should do this timeshare shit if that's what they're going to do. I would agree with you if their receivers were stronger. But I don't really see the talent there to where they can't play both. Who's who's the receiver two there? I couldn't even tell you right now. Devin Funches is their wide receiver two. So, you know, and there's been some good – Good stuff coming out about him. Um, I think he had a pretty, pretty good play in the preseason game this past week. So we'll we'll see what happens there with him. I mean, I know that they letting him go at uh, Carolina. He's definitely got a chip on his shoulder, so he wants to show out. But I just I don't know. I don't I don't see it. I don't see them because I don't know what's going to happen with Andrew Luck. I just he's he's a robot. It's a lot of repairs. It's a lot of things you have to deal with. But the one team that I do have the over on on here is the Houston Texans in this division. They are at uh, projected eight wins. So I'm definitely taking the over on that. And especially with the addition of Duke Johnson in the backfield, I think he's going to be taking over as the RB1. I think that people drafting Miller right now are making a mistake. I agree with you. I think this is an easy over. I'm, I'm just curious why it's eight wins. That just feels like something's up there. Some. I mean, is there something we don't know? Because Andrew Luck's back, I guess. I don't know. This division is so whacked, dude. But I digress. Moving into the AFC West, we got the Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, and Broncos. Kicking off with the Chargers, uh, they are at uh, at 10 for their win total. I'm going going over. Yeah, no doubt about that there. I'm not worried about the Melvin Gordon news at all. Philip Rivers, the man that never cusses, national treasure guy. Nine has kids. About a, has about a, yeah, a, a billion kids popping out left and right. Never know when he's going to have more. Yeah, when you have like a million kids like that, it just equals a million touchdowns. So, there we go. Hunter Henry he's got some great gifts too. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Henry season. Let's go. <laughs> the Chiefs are at 10 and a half. I'm, uh, I'm going over there as well. Mahomes is going to be able to do it. I don't know if he's going to be able to get over the 50, 50 uh, touchdowns, but they're definitely going over. I like that team. I'm, I'm with you on the over. I almost feel like that's a trap. It seems like it's a line that's set to trap everybody into betting the over because it seems like it's too easy. Right. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to be fine. I have no issues there. Uh, Oakland Raiders are at six. I'm going to go under on the Raiders. Under, I have them right at five or six wins. I'll go under two. So this is the first division that we've agreed on so far. There we go. All right, and that's just basically just because of all the shenanigans and bullshit. It's a, it's a pop culture team this year. Um, Denver Broncos at seven. 
I know where you're going. You are absolutely correct. I'm going to go with the over. I'm confident that that Flacco will find his way through the clouds of marijuana smoke. And, <laughs> and uh, they're going to at least rub out eight, eight wins this season. I'll say that. So you're on the Flacco is elite train. I'm on the Flacco can be elite train. <laughs> can be elite. I like that. Yeah. Can you're be. covering yourself in case it doesn't happen. I am, but I'm also going to still win because he's going to outperform Andy Dalton. Oh, we get man. to talk about that in this, in this next do. division right here. All right, so rolling to our last division, AFC North. Uh, starting out with the Steelers, uh, their win total uh, prediction is nine. 2019 i'm gonna go ahead and have to say over on that uh just because i don't see any issues at all even with antonio brown rolling out juju's gonna be fine Moncrief's gonna be getting some of that action and uh james connor in the backfield i don't see any issues there i'm, I'm all in on over yeah i agree with you on the over there i think 10 wins is reasonable i also agree with i mean outside of all your points i also think that the the motivation factor will be there with antonio brown not being there, Le'Veon Bell not being there. All these young guys are trying to prove themselves. They dodged such a huge bullet, too, and that's the way they're looking at it now. So they're just like, they're like, hey, we don't have to deal (laughs) with this shit anymore. We can actually focus on football. So as long as Juju still rides the bike on the sidelines every now and then, we should be fine. (laughs) Um, The Cleveland Browns, so they are at nine as well as the Steelers. And, like, I'm so kind of, like, torn just between this – uh, it's just like the 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 one one part of me wants to say like it's I don't know man it's just, fuck it I, over I'm going over yeah the talent's there for an over I think nine wins is reasonable I think the hype's a little crazy but I'm still gonna go with the over can't deny the Odell Beckham Jarvis Landry Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb Baker Mayfield you know what I mean right. And it's just it, – it's – I don't know. It just it looks good. Looks good, smells good, feels good. Defense looks good. Uh, I'm fine with it. I, I'm riding the hype train. I'm on the hype train, 100% there. So, moving over to the Cincinnati Bengals at five and a half for theirs. Uh, I, I guess you got to take the over on this just because of Andy Dalton. I'm taking the under easy. I don't. I don't think that they're going to have a great year at all. I'm not buying into this whole thing. The only two players I like off that team are Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd, and that's it. Yeah, I'm just going to hang my hat on the over just because I have the the Andy Dalton bet with you, and then I think that Marvin Lewis being out is an advantage. I just kind of feel like he was done and new things in in Cincinnati. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take six wins. We're moving on to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> All right, last team here uh, for the week for the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. Under. Yeah, under. Under. I'm, I'm all under on that. That's just uh, – it, it's a clusterfuck. That team's going to be a clusterfuck. It's just so much run, not enough surety in that pass game with Lamar Jackson. I'm just not sure if I can buy into Lamar Jackson yet. Yeah, the totals at eight games. We're both going under. Um, I think I was some... so high on him too, like just a year ago. Like I was, I had my expectation was were super high for him. I was, I was so so pissed off that the Saints didn't get him. But now I'm just like I'm glad we did what we did. Yeah, I think the footage is out there on um, Lamar Jackson. I think the Chargers had him figured out in the playoffs, and um, 
I don't know. I'm just I hate to be against him because I like him, but I think they're they're going to go under. That's it. So that's that's all the uh, overs and unders that we have for the AFC, and uh, we're going to run a little promotion here. So we've got all of ours jotted down. Um, so everybody that's in the garage fam, uh, get on Twitter or uh, or whatever social media site you prefer. Send us your overs and unders for the AFC, and whoever uh, whoever has a perfect score or near perfect score. Um, at the end of the season, that's part of the Garage Fam. We'll send you a free T-shirt, or a free T-shirt of your choosing from the Teespring store. It's Teespring.com/slash/GarageGuysPodcast. Let's get over there and check out all the goods we have. But yeah, send those over and unders, and you can win a, a free coupon for a shirt of your choice. Is there a character limit on tweets? Still, is that a thing or no? That that is a thing. So you're gonna have to do it on a note. <laughs> you're gonna have to do it on a notepad. Yeah. So uh, do it on a picture, send it to us, and uh, and we'll log them down for the garage. And make sure you put hashtag garage fam at the end of that. That's all we got for this week, guys. We'll be back next week. We're going to have a special guest on next week, uh, running back Brett Silve from Kentucky State. will be on talking with us a little bit about his senior year at Kentucky State as a running back and uh, how excited he is to possibly be going to the NFL next year so it's gonna be a great episode be sure to tune in um go to our patreon page patreon.com slash garage guys podcast we have brand new pricing and tiers one dollar for blog posts from me and drew five dollars for the nascar dfs rankings from drew killing the game eight dollars for the nfl tier and then ten dollars total gets you everything so why not just spend 10 bucks a month get it all we're here to help you win, do awesome things. Got a lot of great content. It's about to start pumping out over there. Got some blog posts up already, uh, writing blog posts weekly. So check it out, patreon.com slash podcast. That's all we got. Sports, party, repeat. <laughs>